This is JFM Podcast. Hello there, good evening. Welcome to the program Nigeria at Sunset. On J101.9 here in Jaws, my name is Ponsak Fanab. I'm hoping you're having a very chill evening. It's cold and we're having light showers here in our beautiful city of Jaws. I don't know which part of the uh, world that you're listening to me from. But today is the 27th day in the month of uh, two, uh, in the month of July. And that is 2021. Okpaya is right here beside me. Good evening, sir. And how is the going? Well, very good. Good evening, uh, everyone. Welcome to Nigeria Sunset. Well, it's been a very cold day. Well, this is just, and this is what we get to enjoy. I was just talking to one of my neighbors today, just moved into town. And I was just telling him that, you know, the regular apples, the foreign apples that we buy, the French apples, I told him that those actually grew on the plateau and yo, he thought I was lying. <laughs> I mean, I had to call a friend that linked me up to someone and we drove down to the place. I just I just tried to tell him that, you know, contrary to what a lot of people know, and by, by the way, I think there's there needs to be a lot of commitment shown into, um, you know, talking the plateau story, talking about, uh, you know, putting, needing information about plateau state and going online. I mean, you look at how much, you know, negativity you probably read about the states uh, you google plateau state and you see stories of you know negative stories of kidnaps of you know events that had happened 10 years the crisis of 10 years ago and, and each time each time i look around each time i get to en- engage a lot of young people on the plateau i, I just figure out the fact that we can do more as regards how we sell the state to the outside world. I mean, a lot of amazing guys on the plateau. I mean, movie makers, storytellers, graphics designers, musical producers, music video directors. And, you know, I just feel the people telling the plateau story needs to do more. They need yeah. to tell the world how such an amazing state we have. I told my friend that in the whole of Nigeria, plateau state is the only place that strawberries grow. And I was like, whoa, I mean, for someone that just got into town, you could see that there's a whole lot of different perception Maybe in you his need to mind have a about meeting. plateau state. You, have a, you need to have a meeting with the commissioner for tourism. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that uh, you can... Uh... <laughs> And, well, we induct you into, we have this uh, click, okay. uh, and that click, I mean, we'll call it OJB, you know, okay. what OJB means is original Joss Boy. Okay. So, if you are OJB, I mean, you are, uh, there's this video that trended, you know, the guy was saying that you think you say you wear Parigamo, you wear, you know, you all <laughs> oh, Versace, you say, if they no bunny for Joss, if you, they, you know, know you know, right. know your <laughs> yeah. face no shoe your shoe but, no shine yeah there was there was this there's this thing that happened to me some i think years ago I, I was in abuja so i checked it into a hotel and i just you know carried my the shoe that the sneakers i was even wearing it was an old adidas you know a sneaker mm. it was you know in hamburg germany i think it was in 69 you know so I was, you know, worried in the evening with my jean, you know, wearing for my, waiting for my friends, you know, we need to go out, you know, you know, uh, anytime we're outside, you know, just so. One guy just approached me to say, please, where did I buy this shoe from? I said, you know, why is he asking? He said, sorry, he just came back from a fashion show, uh, you know, I don't, forgotten which country. And, you know, he likes the sneakers. He has been looking for, you know, that particular, because it's an old design, really. So mm-hmm. I said, you know, in Joss, I said, you, you just sell when I know they allow people, right, you mm. know, and things like that. So <laughs> Joss and fashion and design, you know, are looking good and uh, clean is, I mean, is, is, is one of those things that you give it to us. Well, let's face the business of the day. Acquired me yesterday, uh, 28 students from Baptist, uh, Bethel, Bethel Baptist School uh, in Chikun local government were rescued and causing really a lot of anxiety, you know, amongst the parents. On the one hand, uh, those who, their kids, you know, have, are yet to be released, have a mix of them. Yeah, they are happy that at least 28 are back. Uh, but how about you know the rest? So is a crazy mixed emotional scene. And I saw pictures yesterday, and uh, really it was heartbreaking. I saw you know young girl 
uh, hugging you know her mother and the young boy hugging his uh, parents and I just I just said that maybe this will damage the perception of this kid you know for the rest of his life uh, because really his difficult. government you know mm. didn't come through for him. I, I saw videos this morning and you could see the excitement, you know, on the face of the parents and even worse for the other ones that are still being hopeful or still praying that, you know, their kids are safe and alive. That's 87 that are still, uh, you know, yet to be released. And even the, the parents of the ones that picked up their words yesterday were praying that if these ones could, should come out safe, then, you know, the other ones should. And... Well, just like you said, uh, for kids that have been through such um, a situation, uh, it's going to be very difficult. Just like the caller that called yesterday and said, you know, if there's no electronic transmission of results, uh, it's not going to vote. And you, you, you listen to people. You try to understand how, you know, people are taking all of these things happening. Uh, yes, um, it's 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 a really difficult situation we find ourselves right now, um, and it looks like the government is helpless. I mean, you you look at how we've normalized this issue of kidnappings, and once you know any of your relatives get kidnapped, you're at your own mercy. They've got to find a way to put the money together. We had different figures that was paid for the release of the ones uh, you know that came back yesterday. We had 15 million. I mean, a, a colleague of ours in the sister station had mm. his younger sister kidnapped with a, a kid and they said at the end of the day after they paid ransom they gave two new motorcycles and then the people said okay the boy is you know is, is, is a cute boy they'll release the mother and hold on to the baby and it took them another round of negotiation and i'm asking it looks like nobody's even making any effort to put an end to all of this it looks like you know we are at the mess of ourselves one guest did for they were saying outside of the station that you are your own local government chairman because you provide your security, you provide your water, you provide your electricity, you provide virtually everything for yourself. And um, I think it's it's a big disgrace uh, for the people that we've had this social contract with. Uh, when you came to me to solicit for votes, you promised me good governance. And the primary of it is protecting my life and my properties. And the government has failed. It's not even at the federal level, even at the state level, even to the grassroots. And it's, it's, it's a huge source of concern. I'm really praying, you know, that the, the remaining kids... And so many other people in captivity. I mean, that's the world everywhere around, uh, you know, the country right now. I hope everybody comes out, you know, alive because yeah, uh, you just don't know. You just don't feel safe. Even in your places of worship, in your houses, in your offices, on your way, you don't just feel safe. It's not even about, you know, stopping Keke from moving at nine or 7 p.m. or, you know, making this and that. It's, it's, just, it's just the government, uh, you know trying to be responsible, trying to hold on to the social contract that was signed. Mm. You said, if I'm going to be a law-abiding citizen, if I'm going to be a taxpayer, committed taxpayer, I'm going to get in return a security of my life and my properties. And look at where we are as a people. It looks like we don't even care. You know, when people talk about kidnappings or when people talk about banditry, we don't even care. We've legalized that illegality and it looks like we're living with or, it. Or normalize it. I mean... Wow. Very unfortunate. Well, we're going to bring you all of the hot stories. Namdekano, we have our guest. Uh, Tunde Bakar is thinking of flaunting a new movement, and he said that uh, the presidency or president cannot intimidate him. We'll have that insert for you. We're going to play it, and when we come back, two erudite guests will help us to understand how best to grapple with the issues. Uh, we, we have several talking points this evening, but just to uh, whet your appetite, of course, you can just go to our Facebook platform and see what we're talking about and uh, make comment. We're going to talk about the uh, Bethel Baptist, you know, uh, kids. We're going to talk about consistent destruction of farmlands and sundry issues. We'll come back after this short break to play you an insert from Pastor Tunde Bakari. Uh, the lead pastor at Global Citizen Citadel Church. Stay here. Somebody say Nigeria for Nigeria movement. I'm letting you know it's about to start. I'm going to champion it. 
is going to go like white fire across this nation. Nigeria for Nigerians. You'll be bigger than Save Nigeria group. You have never seen anything like it before. It's a movement propelled by God. Nigeria for Nigerians to deliver us from the hands of oppressors. This is a fight to finish. I'm not going to die for this country. I'm going to live for it. Nigeria will prosper in my lifetime. Nigeria will be saved. Nigeria will be changed. Nigeria will become great. It is the wicked that the land will vomit. Sovereignty is not in your hand. You are commander-in-chief of nothing except the people put you there. The highest office in the land is the office of the citizen and the office of the president. Nigerians are going to rise. They are going to demand for their rights. Nigeria for Nigeria movement. And I dare you to try to stretch your hand against me like you have done to others. The time to save this country had come. The government can save us. The military can save us. We have seen it. Nigerians must rise and demand for what is rightfully theirs. Get out of my way. This is the final one. Get out of my way. I love you. I served you. I respected you. I did everything to make it work for you. But you turned against me and God has turned against you. Get out of my way. Time had come for truth to be spoken. Do you understand me? I'm not holding dialogue with anybody anymore. I will not come to you. You will come to me because it is war. Look, when it comes to time, when, it, when the time comes for God says, God speak, I don't fear no jack. I only respect people and I wait for God's bidding. I remember in that bedroom of the president, when I told him, I've come to tell you, you'll be president and this is the way it will take place and to walk. I will excuse myself completely to give room to others. But right in my lifetime, this next time around, you are going to be, we were only two in the room. He said, no, I've stood publicly. I will never offer myself. I said, we are canceling it. How are you going to do it? And I laid the thing on the table and we set it in motion. I moved the motion for the matter at Igu Square. And you became president. Now my mouth is smelling. It is the same mouth too. It is the same Samuel that anointed Saul that God sent to go anoint somebody else. Do you understand me? Nigeria for Nigeria movement begins from now. God is stirring up the spirit of Nigerians. Enough of this nonsense. Do you understand me? You will know that when God sends a man, he does not fear anybody. If you don't know what I know, you can't do what I'm doing. You, I'm not a social critic. I must get command. I must be told what to say. You talk what you like. You get five minutes applause. That's the end and nothing changes. You will see that Nigeria will change. We are going to sit on the table of brotherhood and negotiate from the position of, weak, of strength, not of weakness. In telling you there will be a new Nigeria and I have a part to play in it, that new Nigeria is about to come into manifestation. These men that you said they are lethargic, these men that you said they are laid back, they are going to rise up with a kind of force you've never seen before. They are going to demand for their rights. It's called Nigeria for Nigeria movement. Do you understand me? The Nigerians for Nigeria. Britain is not going to fix this country. America will not fix this country. You are going to rise up. You are going to be stirred up by God. The flame and the fire of the Holy Ghost will be upon you. And when you enter Jerusalem, the elders will be trembling and saying, Come down peaceably. Because before tonight is over, things are happening already. Yeah, well, that was uh, Pastor Tunde Bakari, former running mate to our president, our dear president, President Muhammadu Buhari in 2011. After losing out the election, according to him, that is Pastor Tunde Bakari, uh, he was the one because President Muhammadu Buhari said that was the last time he was going to contest and Pastor Tunde Bakari persuaded him and he made Ashwa Jubola Ahmed Tinubu uh, in Lagos. And Tinubu said that, well, the ticket can fly, you know. Uh, if, as recent as uh, Onyola, I think the... Mm. I forgot. Uh, Oshun uh, State. State Governor. Yeah, yeah. He came out to say that, you know, uh, they were the ones who stood against, you know, Tinubu to be running mate to mm. Buhari because he was... Uh, Muslim, Muslim, uh, you know, ticket uh, at the time. So, really interesting what Pastor Tunde Bakari, you know, 
uh, was saying, and he said that he's going to flaunt a new movement. He said that he can't be cowed, he can't be intimidated whatsoever. Uh, well, we have two guests to help us to understand uh, some of these issues to put them in perspective. But first, uh, we're going to talk about you know the issue, consistent or persistent destruction of farmlands, especially in Basa and parts of Riom local government. We have two Eridad guests. We have Rondong Washpam, uh, my great friend is here. Good evening and thanks for coming, sir. Good evening, Ponsak, sorry. Yeah. And um, people always people always mistake my name for Sorry Ponsak. about that. Uh, good evening, Abuemi. Yeah. Yeah, well, good evening, Mr. Daniel Asama. I mean, he's always here, he's a friend of the house. Uh, glad you're here, sir. Good to be in JFM again. Yeah, well, mm. I'll begin with you, uh, Mr. Rondong Washpam. Uh, mm. Let's talk about the. Uh, consistent you know destruction of farmlands and of course the um, okay let's let's start with that lot of you know speculation there was a video i did a um, fact check today I, I discovered that the video was published i think yesterday or today uh based on what i the result that i got a woman just you know she was saying speaking in house at the look what do you want us to do we planted nobody's coming to our aid uh, we picked up our lives, uh, homes was were destroyed, farmland destroyed, and we picked up our lives to think that, you know, things will return back to normal. Uh, but things, you know, kept deteriorating and look at the destruction of our farmlands. Well, the state government, what it has done so far, as far as I know, right now is just to publish statements. And Governor Simon Lalong in that statement used strong language. Uh, Mr. Rondong, is it the time for strong language right now, or would you say action, special, or justice? Which one? How are you are looking at the issues? Uh, good evening for having me, Ponsak. Uh, the issue in Barkinladi, uh, Riom local government, which is also replicated in Basa, is rather unfortunate. Uh, I want to say, without mixing words, that this is an art of war. Uh, what have these people done? Why do you want to starve them? Why do you want to render them useless? Uh, on the part of government, I think government has not put its foot on the ground or boots, to speak, so to speak, because uh, these things have been happening, attacking helpless people, people that have not done anything to you, and you come up with statements saying that you bring the perpetrators to book. I mean, this has adverse effects on the people who are directly involved and even Plato at large. It's a two-dimensional uh, issue. You see, one about security, two about food security or insecurity, if, you were, if I want to say. So... Because I don't, there's already a prediction of food scarcity. Food scarcity, yes. It's also, it could also be termed as food insecurity mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. if there's scarcity, there's insecurity. Mm -hmm. So I don't think the government has done a lot, and I wish the government could do something better than what it's doing. Thank okay. you. Yeah, well, uh, let me come to Mr. Sama. Do you have anything? Yeah, I mean, the, in Basa, you come from Basa local government. Uh, perhaps you may have some information that we're not privy to. I... I do not necessarily have any information that wouldn't be privy. The, the situation in this country is just glaring. Everybody knows and everybody knows what is happening. The big thing, and I think this is what we need to really start talking about, is the conspiracy of silence. Hmm. You know, that's the whole thing. The whole thing is not that nobody's knowing what is happening. I can't waste time here talking about what's happening. It's just too glaring. How people are being macheted and their crops. You macheted the people, including their crops. Ah. I spoke to one of the situation one time. I was involved in the situation. And I was speaking to the two parties involved. And I said, even in a jungle justice situation, I attack what is your property. You should attack my property. I don't, not, not my life. Okay. Okay. Even in jungle justice. Okay. I don't attack your property and you attack my life. And then it escalated. It went beyond my Zigma rolling thing. It went now that you're attacking my property, and me. I mean, why it is not about whether this is happening or the, the, the argument is not beyond, is beyond like whether this is true or not, whether it's glaring, whether people know or not. It is a conspiracy of silence. People are quiet. Why, why, why do you use strong terms, you know, to say it's a conspiracy of silence? And the question is, who benefits from this conspiracy? Because on the one hand, we'll have a government that 
has sworn an oath that, look, we're going to protect you, the people who gave us legitimacy to serve you. On the other hand, you know, uh, these people have been dying. So who does this conspiracy benefit? There is intellectual and moral decadence in this country. And I'm not saying this with any apology whatsoever. People who are well-versed, schooled, and refusing to be informed. People who take oaths in offices and refusing to incline by them. You find, I don't know how we, it's appalling that people think this way in this country. Our morality, it's, it's way out of this planet. I don't know where we lost it at. I'm wondering how people sleep at night. They close their eyes and they sleep at night and they snore until the next morning. While these kind of things are happening behind their homes. The whole thing, the whole thing that is afraid, I'm afraid of is this thing is like, this is a boat. We are all going to sink in it. It's not going to leave anybody out. So if you're quiet about it, you're not, you remember what Wally Shoinka said, you know, you know, the, the bad people get into governance because good people do not vote. And then the quiet, the silence that people keep doing, the, quiet, the, the absolute silence. People don't talk. I remember, I'm, I'm, I'm not political about this, but I remember the government that was be, before this. If you know, you know what I'm saying. Government that were before this, a little bit of a, a, a thing will spike a lot of stuff. I know how fuel increment of fuel prices, pump prices, were, were escalating things. People go on strike for unnecessary things. But this time around, people are being macheted. People are being killed. Students are being taken in captivity. And being, you pay school fees for a child and you pay a kidnapper or you pay a bandit. You're yeah. paying both school fees in a way. And, then, and then nobody's saying nothing about it. I'm still coming back to the conspiracy of silence. Okay, people okay. are not talking. I mean, when I say people, I mean people who have the authority that should speak on behalf of the people. I mean, that position is very profound, Mr. Rondong, that you pay school fees and you... It's like you budget for tuition fee for your kid, and then you know you it, also for, for a bandit. Let me. Uh, I mean, talk to us about maybe Rondon will talk to before Okpai uh, me will take uh, the next round of questions. Well, it's uh, the issue of cardinal right. It's, yeah. uh, it's appalling to say the least, and it's very very involved. Why am I saying this? You see, uh, newspapers don't just tell news; they also tell history in the future. I remember vividly when Erufai came out and was castigating Goodluck Jonathan during the Chibok Girls saga when they were uh, abducted. He said uh, Goodluck should do whatever he can do to release these uh, girls. But today, surprisingly, history is repeating itself and the man is talking about uh, non-negotiations and he wouldn't pay ransom. So it's, it's so sad and it's a it's a, it's, a, it's a failure of government and governance. And is that, will you say that is strengthening the resolve of go, uh, the bandit? Because if they know the government will not pay ransom, of course, the parent will not watch his kid, you know. Just yesterday, they clocked 20 days or 21 days today in captivity. Is that strengthening resolve of the bandit to go about with their nefarious activity or it's, you know, closing in uh, because Arafa is doing something through the back door that we don't have information on? Honestly, it's a topsy-turvy situation. Why wouldn't uh, a governor who had castigated a previous government from not negotiating uh, the release of Chibo girls and today he doesn't want to negotiate? You see, uh, what are security funds for you just pay security funds to these governors and they don't do anything with it i mean these parents pay school fees the establishments of these schools before the establishment of these schools they have to pay taxes now you are telling us that these parents will pay school fees taxes and these taxes are given to governors to protect us and you want these people to pay for ransom again. I mean, it doesn't make sense at all. It doesn't make sense. I think there's something particularly different and peculiar about Kaduna State and El Rufai because they keep harboring on Kaduna, 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 even though these situations also replicate itself, itself in, in other states. states now, of the let, let, let me come to you, Mr. Daniel. Uh, he just made a statement right now, uh, made mention of Kaduna states, uh, which obviously had been more like a soft spot of late, uh, from private universities to federal institutions to secondary schools to, you know, staff quarters. And in that same Kaduna, we have the headquarters of the Nigerian military base. That's the Nigerian Defense Academy right in the heart of that same city. Now, you talked about about, um, you know, uh, theory of silence. You talked about people that are supposed to speak that are not speaking. 
have you have you thought about this or what do you think about this notion that we've abandoned governance for politics is that the same thing you're trying to say when you're talking about the conspiracy of silence that the people that are supposed to speak religious leaders that are supposed to speak opinion leaders that are supposed to speak have we gone political have abandoned governance because if you go by the tenant of governance you made a promise you signed a social contract with the people if you're law-abiding in return i would protect you if you pay your taxes in return i would protect you and in this category you just said it that the government has failed so talk to us about the whole conspiracy of silence go deeper about it is it that people have gone political and they've abandoned governance for sure um, you can say it from the myopic angle, you will think you're going political and abandoning governance. But if you're a deep thinker, you will know that the, it's a circle. You cannot, if you, if you want to be a good politician and want to get through with the people, you have to get to be a government, which is what? Protection of people's properties and their lives. And then what? The economy system has to function. With the bandits and all the kidnapping, the economy is not going to work. So your politics is going to go bad. So if you're thinking that you're playing a smart one, uh, I, I, I love a song by Bob Marley. Bob Marley said people are being smart, but they are being clever, but they are not being smart. You have to be clever and not being smart about what you do. You just, you just have to understand that there is a time where people are going to have it up to the brink. Okay? Right now... Have we gotten to that point? Yes. Yes. Let me tell you sincerely, what is, a, what is a failed state? A failed state is when security and economy is not in the hands of government. That is a failed state. Tell me if we are not in a failed state right now. Because you are protecting yourself. You have, your, you have to fill your generator because the national grid is not working. You have to have you to fix the road in front of your house because there is no national road network. You have to go to a private hospital because the government hospitals are not functioning. You have to send your child to a private school because the government schools are not functioning. You have to go to... You set everything by yourself. When the economy and the security is out of the hands of the government, then it is a failed state. And when it's a failed state, you know who is going to be hunted? You, the big name. You who is up there. You know, when the NSAS thing was happening, you saw a replica, a small example of what a failed state will look like. When the NSAS was happening, the government will only fall back into protecting some mm. of their strong infrastructures mm. because they could not protect the people. They'll protect the banks. They'll protect the, the military barracks. They, and then the people will be on their own. It will be a savage. It will be people against people. What I'm trying to say right here is that we need to be careful especially those of us who are in the place of speaking. What I'm saying is this. We have national assemblies. We have the lower and the upper house, the chambers. We have our local governments from even the chieftains and all the, the traditional and the conventional tools. They need to be speaking. They need to talk. I know maybe you don't have the, the, you don't have the right. You're not a chief executive. You cannot send military to do a function, but you can gather and speak. You can speak collectively against it. You can all raise your voice against it. I do not understand how a government is keeping quiet. You can imagine how we don't value life in Nigeria. Uh, These kids that were brought in yesterday, there was supposed to be something that is coming from the government. But there, I didn't hear anything. I do sure not know if you heard. I do not know if you heard anything from the government let, let, let when me, these kids were me, taken let back. Let me come to you, Mr. Uh, Rondon. Uh, before we move over to the other topic now, okay. You you made uh, you also made mention of uh, you know the fact that uh, Kaduna State uh, seems to be its soft target. Now, um, um, the the governor of Kaduna State had come out to say that even if his son gets kidnapped, he's not going to pay ransom for that. And almost after that statement, it looks like there's a coordinated attempt to call the bluff of the state governor. Call the bluff in the sense that if you're not going to pay ransom, I'll keep coming at you. In this case, if you're coming out to say, come at me, come and kidnap, I'll come and fight you. But you don't have anything on ground to fight. It looks like the governor used his head the way they used to say it in the local palace, that to pack fire upon himself. Do you think this is what is playing out in Cardinal State? It's not like other states are safe, that kidnapping is going on on the plateau, in Nasawa, in Benue, almost everywhere in Nigeria, even down south, where we used to think used to be safe. Do you think it is the statement of the governor that is not going to pay ransom, that is, you know, making the, the bandits to call the bluff of the Cardinal State Governor? Uh, pardon me, Erufai is... Uh, <laughs> Erufai makes me laugh. You understand? Uh, why did he remove his kid from public school, for instance? 
why did he say he was he first of all told us that his his son had enrolled into a public school to tell people Nigerians how safe public schools were but today his son is no more there and tell me why did Erufai tell us that he went somewhere in Chad to pay uh, some herdsmen from coming to, into Nigeria to kill I mean the man does not he does not he's not true to his words I th- he's beginning to be very very loose with the truth and uh, there's something about Kaduna I can't place my finger on it but I know there's something about Kaduna is it that there is a deal that had gone sour somewhere somehow I don't know because why are they particular about Kaduna and the Niger state axis because I understand that they share boundaries and forest so there's something we have to do more of investigating Erufai is it's in the eye of the storm, and not for just any reason, but for a very serious reason. Well, let's talk about opposition politics in Plateau State, because it's one of the areas that we'd like to talk about. Uh, for some time now, it seems, you know, it's just the APC, APC, there hasn't been much, you know, activities. And why we're bringing this up is for alternatives, basically, because people deserve options. Option makes you king. Mr. Dani Asama, how will you want opposition uh, political parties to organize themselves to begin to uh, tell people that, look, our option is great, you know, instead of what uh, the ruling government is offering you right now? And what's your thought about, you know, opposition politics in Plato State? I I really wish um, the people in the op- opposition uh, <laughs> will wake up to this. I- I'm just going to remind them of something. Maybe perhaps it slept their minds, but opposition parties easily takes governance on the plateau. This is one state that oppositions quickly takes power. The, the, the politics on the plateau is an educated one. I, I'm, I'm, I really give it to the, to the populist. And the, the ordinary person on the plateau, I was, the, do you know the way they just oppose the, the good luck Jonathan election? You know, APC was, was voted in the in the in the state, and PDP was voted nationally. You know, I didn't even know that people on the street could remember to do that, but they, they got it through. So the opposition on the plateau need to remember that every time there is a governance, there is every point. There is so many points people could blame on the governance. So right now the opposition looks good. Every time the opposition looks good because people are kind of tired of what they've been having, they want to have something different. The opposition needs to remember that by default, in a governance situation, oppositions looks good because people are bitter, people are tired. Even if they are not supposed to, they will find things that will make them tired. Changing an opposition is always very easy, but I'm wondering why I can hear like the, a lot of the parties are quiet. Not just that they are quiet, they seem intimidated. I'm saying this. We do I apology mean, if this uh, is yeah, what they are feeling. Intimidation is, you know, quite, quite a strong word. Would you like to help us to understand it better in perspective? Uh, why are they intimidated? Is is it that uh, the APC well, the reason I'm saying they feel the reason I'm saying so that they feel yeah. intimidated is, Ponsak, we need to know there is opposition. Okay. You you see yeah, you need to speak. The they need to speak out. They need to saying, speak out. I, I've looked and said, look, the APC government in Plato State is doing good. Everything is going well, so we don't have any ideas, you know, to. Uh, no, no, no. Them. I don't think that is it because okay. we know we see we live on the streets. We know how it is. People are not happy about the government. There are things they need to talk about. They want to speak about. I want to hear them speaking out. I want to hear them pitching against. No, no, no. I want them to hear them saying things. Look, listen. This is the governor that someone is running. For yesterday, uh, these boys came from uh, whatever bush they came from, and uh, Erufai has not come out to make any statement, and nobody from the opposition is even kicking against that. Nobody is talking. Mr. Daniel, let me put it to you. You contested on the platform of a political party for the House of Assembly, I think just north-north. Northwest. Northwest, I beg your pardon. Mm -hmm. And within that period, it seems a lot has changed because, um, you know, you you look at the, the development of other smaller parties in quotes mm-hmm. apart from the APC apart from the PDP even at the national level we saw the just concluded local government elections in Ogun State and Lagos it was purely a two party election now you talked about intimidation how easy it is or how difficult is it for you not to be intimidated with i mean you know that when the ruling party comes into force they have everything for them i mean they have uh, the resources they have the security apparatus they can pull anyone at the back and call they have their eye neck 
which is the electoral making body because who's, who pays the piper dictates the tune. The executive approves. I'm coming somewhere. What have you done as a member of the upper well, maybe, I don't know your political status at the, at the moment, but I know you didn't contest on the platform of the ruling party. Now, after you contested and um, you didn't get your mandate, I don't like using the word lost. What have you done as an individual or what have your party done you know to give a voice to the people who are saying if you think this government is not functioning well what about this side of government yes like that's what i'm saying literally i'm still staying on this thing that i'm saying now i will use the intimidation as my weapon your intimidation will be my weapon because I'm telling you the truth, there is a lot of say, resources. Let's mention it clearly: financial, financial. Uh, I mean, this 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 kind of crazy financial pedigree that you, you you find them placing themselves on. So there's financial intimidation, resources as in the 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 whole structure. You have the structure, you run the structure, the INEC, and you pay the INEC, you pay the courts. These judges are appointed by these people. Mm -hmm. This this INEC people are appointed by these people. So all of that, this is what you use. You use it as your own weapon. You're justifying that intimidation. Let me come to you, Mr. Rondon. Mm. Now, um, if you look at how politics had evolved on the plateau, especially the PDP on the plateau, mm. uh, they've had a lot of court cases. At some point, we had fractional PDP chairman on the That's plateau. Right. One right. person is locking the secretariat close to the office there. Right. Another faction is coming in to open it tomorrow. Is replacing the padlock at the secretariat. That's there right. are court litigations to the point that even the national PDP had to step into all of these things. Mm. Do you think this is what Plateau people deserve in terms of quality opposition? Opposition is not just, it goes beyond just coming on radio to speak big English. It means that you're providing a visible alternative for the people of Plateau. Have the people of Plateau gotten that in the last six years of Governor Simon Bakula Long? Well, I, would, I must be uh, sincere here that uh, the PDP has not done much in recent, in recent years. But I also say that uh, there is a viable opposition in the PDP, even though they have internal wranglings happening there and there. But because if you... But there's no sitting executive, uh, you know, on, on the platform. Uh, I'm talking about the PDP. Okay, have you asked yourself, why is there so much wranglings within the PDP if it's not a formidable opposition? Have you asked yourself that question? Interesting. I've not. That is, to tell you, that is to tell you that there is a visible and a very strong, viable but opposition. What, what, what opposition the, would you rather want the, to have? In the PDP. An internal opposition that plays their politics of opposition within themselves, where we have members from different factions, or an opposition that will consistently put the ruling party on their toes? Of course, I would want to con uh, an opposition that will consistently put the... Uh, the party in power on its toes. So but, but we don't have that on the plateau. But yeah, but that is to tell you that uh, there is a little bit of problem within the party structure itself. But again, I want you to understand this, that the APC itself, the party in power, is an opposition unto itself. They know that they're not doing well. They know that they have got problems within themselves too. You know, it is very difficult to identify problems within a sitting party when it's in power. Oh. But once they leave, why haven't they even done their congresses up to now? Why don't they have a board of trustees uh, uh, formation? You see? So these are the things. PDP would come back. There are other oppositions. Why do people also talk about PDP? <laughs> I, the, YP, the YPP is doing a lot of good on the social media. In fact, I heard that it has it won a seat in Lagos today. Mm. Yeah, at, the, at the councillorship level. Good, good. So you see, this is it. No matter how bad it looks, but it will go good. It will be good. And don't forget, it's not going to be all about party, party all the time. What are the people saying? Do you have an opposition in the people? You have to be careful about that. Mm. It's not always going to be party, party. What are the people saying? Who do they want? What are you fronting in, the future, in future elections to come? Mm. Interesting. Yeah, all right. Let's open the conversation up. We've been having a chat with uh, Mr. Rondong Washpam and Mr. Daniel Asama. We we'll look, we'll looked at, you know, insecurity, kidnapping, uh, especially the case of Bethel Baptist School and, of course, the Islamia students. They're yet to regain freedom. Uh, it's so painful, you know. Anytime I talk about it, it's so painful. And, of course, the uh, opposition politics, you know, in Plato State and the matters arising. You can join the conversation. We'd love to hear from you. 90 or you call 90 Let's take the first call. 
Thank you for calling. Hello. Tell us your name. Good evening, Good evening, Good evening, Good evening, We're listening. Thank you for calling. Thank you very much. I am Comrade Dadon Antiba Solomon calling from Angola. We're listening. Well, I want to comment, contribute on the issue of uh, farm damages, farm damages uh, within plateau uh, environment. Uh, I'm surprised, of course, because the attitude of this government shows that they don't have concern for the for the life of Nigerians, and I doubt that they will consider people's farm. And let me, this is the only government that walk around and tell the whole world that there is peace in this country. And uh, let me tell you, Ponsar, they cannot never do anything, and there is no major on ground to handle insecurity. So I want to urge that every community should walk over that Hello? Insecurity, and you can see that they are not even arresting the flathead. So you know, this government has a lot to do. They don't consider Nigerians' lives. They are just about learning how to remain on power. Their problem is who will come on board. Their problem is politics. What is happening in Nigeria today is not political, sir. It is religion. Let us be very, very open as it is. May God help Nigeria. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, good news is that both lines are up and running. So look, I'd love to hear from you as much as possible. Uh, 090-9884-8848 or you call 090-556666699. Hello. Good evening. Thank you for calling. Hello. Good evening, Mr. Tomsak and Otayemi. Thanks for calling. Tell us your name I'm, and join the conversation. I'm the guest in the house. Yes. Go ahead, sir. I, I, I'm, I'm six to my name, calling from Joss. Well, listening. Thanks for calling, sir. Okay. Uh, I really love your, your, your show of today, and the guests have really talked extensively and nicely. What I want to talk about the state of our nation now is that you uh, people talked about political parties and especially the issue of opposition in Nigeria. I don't think we have any opposition in opposition party in Nigeria because I don't see any difference between PDP and APC. Better Afghan and others. But when you talk about APC, you are talking about PDP. When you talk about PDP, you are talking about APC to me in Nigeria. That's my own take. Yes. So what am I saying? What I'm trying to talk is that if we really have opposition parties, they are the ones to find the ruling parties and tell all the meetings that are happening about the state of the nation. You know, when the, what, by the time the government in rule are silent about what is happening, people are dying, some lands are being cut off, at the moment of raping the farmland, and the opposition party will tell us that they don't know what's going on. They are the, they are the real ones to tell us what is going on in the nation. Because the ruling party will not tell us the real thing, even if we know or we don't know. But I believe that the opposition parties are the real intelligentsia and the real journalists of the state of Nigerian nation now. That's Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate your thoughts. Well, Okbaemi will take us through Facebook. Facebook.com forward slash JFM Joss. A title also says, Everyone in this country where um, non living things are valuable than the living or where the living are governed by the brain numbed, all these things will keep on happening. And we need a true federal system where each state will have the power to make decisions for itself. Just imagine even recruitment is based on religion or tribe. The best heads are not given the job. Rather, based on connection, almost everything is going wrong and the opposition are not doing anything about it. Then we, the ordinary masses, what else can we say or do about the whole situation? That's from TJ Manari. And the government have clearly shown us that it has the capability to stem the tide of the rising insecurity in the country, but they just don't want to do it. In Abdekana, Sunday, Buho, where in foreign countries, yet bandits are roaming freely in Nigeria. Thank you, Mongol uh, Benjamin. Uh, from Falku Kafaxos, Jimmy, he says, uh, why don't the DSS, the armies, and other law enforcement agencies go after them what did the present government want to portray with their leadership styles 
Uh, does that mean that there are those in different political parties that are not their loyalists? Buhari and his government is planning for another war in Nigeria and using their people to collect money for them to empower themselves and to be ready for it. If not, how can they go the extra mile to arrest Namdi and Ibuhu and keep us keep on playing us home? It is not fair. You won't contain it when innocent, innocent citizens decide to stand up because God will fight for us without guns. Good evening to you. Okay, thank you. SARS Communication says, uh, bandits that kidnapped in Islamia school for Niger parents of the students sold their entire properties to raise 15 million and they sent one person to pay the ransom. They still kidnapped the person, telling their parents to buy six more Honda motorcycles to join before they release their children. What kind of wickedness is this? Uh, shutting down the entire schools across Kaduna State is not the solution while we are still battling 11 million out of school children uh, interesting thank you sas communication aminu abdullah shwaibu says actually okay thank you philip iam uh, it's so painful to see our crops every day being destroyed and the government are still silent but we pray that god almighty will see us through i just wonder why the government can't provide security for the farmers who are feeding the nation and the state or have they forgotten that an hungry man um and hungry man is an angry man there is god okay thank you moses daniel says this government have shown to us that they know these bandits and they have the capability to stop kidnappings but because they don't have the fear of god nothing good will come out of them david again then says this government is full of lies we have no trust in them again and see how people are suffering. Gimba Iyema Bulus, the government of the day is playing politics with the whole issues. Uh, we should never give up and it shall be well with Nigeria. Amen. Bernard Patrick, only God can help us in this country for the government has failed. Uh, Ezekiel Best, thank you very much for your message. Rain Mo Endi, the government doing the right in other sectors as long as they're not giving the. Uh, Okay, I didn't get your message well. Nosyango Gwamjon says, seriously, the insecurity in Nigeria has totally gotten out of hand. Uh, the government effort is just not enough. Only God knows the fate of those kids that are still with the bandits. And the same government is fast in responding to agitators but slow to bandits. Uh, the destruction of fa farmland, especially on the plateau, is a source of concern because farming and hunger is staring at us in the eyes. The government's statement can never be enough because they don't do anything at the end. I pray the victims will get some succor from spirited individuals. God bless Nigeria. Well, to the phone calls and then our guests will respond. Hello, good evening. Thanks Hello, for calling. Good evening, Mr. Post. Thank you for calling. Yeah, this is Dauda Kabong. We're listening. Thanks for uh, calling. Yeah. My own contribution is for the issue of what uh, uh, this man, Bukunde uh, Bakari, has said. In fact, if he does that, we will even support him for that. Because the country has gone beyond what it's supposed to be. I wonder what this present administration will come out for next election to tell us that their slogan will be. Their first slogan was changing. Now, their slogan is what? And the third one, we are going to see it. But do you know, I don't believe Nigerians, that it is the youth. We are the cause of everything. They will come and give you one facet of my day, one 1,000 naira. You will now go back to vote the wrong people and which are causing problems for us in this country. Imagine what is happening in Rio and whatever or the rest of the places. You go and slice everything in this, the people's farm. Is it because you don't have way to go and find your own? Eh? What kind of thing are we looking at? And the governor is sitting. We are just, you know, we just say that we hold those perpetrators. How many of them? The book, can that book be sealed? Every day they will say they will hold, they will hold. which one? It's too much. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, there's much call would take. Uh, gentlemen, your responses to some of the things that uh, you've heard. You know, uh, Shagumi came out to say President Mahmoud will resign. Uh, he was addressing, uh, you know, some of his followers in the mocks. He said he resigned. Something he told, uh, he told sorry, uh, former President Gulaki Bele Jonathan. Talk to us about that and, you know, some of the uh, comments you've heard. 
Anybody can go first, please. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm still on my points. I still am thinking the conspiracy of silence is killing us. I really think our people who represent us should start speaking. People who have mantles and the scepters of powers should start talking. We cannot continue to be quiet. We may not have the physical resources to fight these things, but we can continue to talk about it until the government is doing something about it. What I'm seeing right now is a, a test of the failed state that I'm saying. I'm telling you sincerely, I think that sometimes the government is clueless. They're, like, they, they, they're lost. They look to me as if they don't know what to do about the situation because you cannot just tell me that you were able to go find Sunday go from like some other country you're able to find Inam Dikalu from other country just like Buba said these people are right behind you it's something you could just go out there and bring them out. So, uh, do you have faith that with the delivery of Super Tucano jet that the Nigerian government got from the US I mean this banditry will uh, be reduced to minimal or even halted in our country? We never lack resources. We lack will. Okay, that is profound. Well, Mr. Rondongwashpam. <laughs> uh, it's quite funny to hear Gumi and Makari saying what they're saying. I don't want to believe that they are not students of history. Because anybody that, I know, that knows Buhari should have read about Buhari prior before 2015. Should have read Buhari in 1983 when he, when he did a coup in Nigeria and on a democratic elected government to know his capabilities, to know what he can do. Speaking about the Tucano jets, I am, well, how many jets have, have been shot down today, Ponsak? How many jets? How many jets? Tell me. How are we sure that these jets wouldn't be shot down? There's one jet that is still is still missing somewhere in Sambisa. The Air Force I heard said that it's not missing or it hasn't been found. You know, so many contradictory stories about jets. I think it's more about intelligence. It's more about bringing the northern governors to, to, to book, sitting them down. You can imagine how much goes into the coffers of these governors from the north. Every governor collects less than a billion naira, not less than a billion naira monthly as... Uh, allocation. Local governments collect not less than a hundred million. But why is there still poverty in the north? I mean, this is an offshoot of poverty from the north. Insurgency, insurrections, and what have you. So, this is it's quite involved. We need to step up. We need to be leaders. We need to know leaders. Elect them. Check their histories before electing them. And about uh, uh, what do you call it? What is happening in Embarking Rio, Mombasa, I think something urgent needs to be done. I think we need to digitalize uh, security architecture. We need to have eyes in the skies. We need to have booby traps if necessary. We need to deregulate that security architecture of this country. We need to have special courts in the local governments. Local government chairmen should be given that, those powers to persecute at that point, yeah. we, must not, we must not bring them to Joss or take them to Abuja or no. If you are caught red-handed, treat it there and then. We cannot, there is no time. We are starving. Yeah, thank you very much, Mr. Rondong Washpam. Thank you, Mr. Uh, Daniel Osama. It has been an interesting conversation with you. Unfortunately, Okbae, me no final word for you. Well, I want to uh, wish, okay, my, okay, someone, uh, my friend Kicho sent me a text. He said, you need to heal uh, Plateau Mafia. Plateau Mafia is a uh, social club that checked cultism, you know, back in the day at the University of Georgia, well, in major high institution, institution of higher learning here in uh, the state. And to wish my acquaintance, uh, that is Teddy Chilling. Today is his birthday. Steady Chilling, happy birthday to you. Wish you uh, God's blessing. Stay tuned to the news top of the hour, 6 o'clock. My name is Ponsak Panab. Do have good evening. Bye now. <music> Thank you for listening to JFM Podcasts.